this summer at Holy Cross, we are diving into the book of Psalms. We'll be looking at the different types of Psalms and the themes that are contained in this book as a whole. We especially want you to learn about how we as believers can relate to the emotions in the Psalms and learn to pray through those in your everyday life. Join us now as we unpack another Psalm. Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit so that we would hear what you hear and see what you see that you would reveal to us the steadfast love of your Father and ours. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning again. It's great to be with you. I just want to prepare you for something, give you a little bit of warning this morning. There may be the off chance that I burst into a random song or a random dance number during this sermon, all right? Yeah, I mean, very interesting, right? A kind of a Bollywood kind of thing happening. Uh, you see, Rachel and I went to our first movie in over a year at the theaters this week, and we saw Lynn manuel Miranda's new, well, I guess it's his first musical, In the Heights. And just like when I was a kid, 10 years old, and the Karate Kid came out, and I went out in the parking lot, and immediately I was a martial arts expert, karate chopping every person and everybody who walked by me. So now I want to sing and dance at any moment, and it just could happen, so stay tuned. So there was a line in the movie that I want to tell you about. The main character, Uznami, is telling some children, he's got a little audience of children, he's telling them the story about the place where he grew up. He told them about Nueva York, and in the beginning about the place where, the part of New York where he grew up, called Washington Heights. And he says to the, um, he says to the children, say it so you don't forget it. He says, Washington Heights, say it so you don't forget it, and they recite it. And I thought, you know what, this is exactly what the Psalms do for us. See, the Psalms are Israel's hymn book. God's people had been singing these Psalms for centuries and centuries, in good times and in bad, and Christians have continued to this day to sing them ourselves. And we recite them both in private and public worship. And when in them we find comfort, in them them we find wisdom, in them we find encouragement. And they have led people to know God and to worship God and to trust God in all circumstances. And today the church continues to read them because they help us to be honest about who we are. And they remind us of the things that God has done. And they lead us to relationship with Jesus. And that's why we're preaching this sermon series called Let's Be Honest, Praying the Psalms. We sing them so we don't forget them. We sing praise so we don't forget it. We sing it so we remember it. And our psalm today, Psalm 103, is a psalm of praise. It begins and ends with an encouragement, an admonishment, an instruction to bless the Lord, to praise Him with all that we are. And a helpful way to understand the praise psalm in general is to know that the English word praise originally meant to set a price on or to appraise. 
And from this came forth the idea that we are meant to commend the worth of something or someone. The Psalms of praise throughout the book celebrate and revere the worthiness of our God. And Psalms of praise direct us to praise Him regardless of our present circumstances. If we sing it, we won't forget it. The Psalm 103 is shaped roughly like this. First, it is a call to bless the Lord. And so in verse 1 and 2, the speaker, which is uh, it's attributed to King David, so we think that King David uh, wrote it. The speaker and every one of us who sing it today are instructing, are admonishing our own souls to do two things. The first thing is to praise God, to bless the Lord, O my soul. With all that is within me, bless His holy name. We are called, we need, have the need to praise God with all that we are, to bless His holy name. Praising God is what we were made to do. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said this, that the very best work which we ever do on earth is this, to adore. You are blessed in prayer, but you are seven times blessed in praise, he says. We are meant to praise God. And the Westminster Catechism tells us that the chief end of humanity Humans are meant to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to show us to do. He gave us reason to do. He came to save us and to show us what God was doing so that we might give Him glory and praise forever. And friends, sometimes this is easier said than done. And our writer, David, he acknowledges this. He continues in verse 2. He says, Hey, self, don't forget what God's done for you. Verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And he's going to go through the remainder of the psalm telling us the reasons we have to praise God. So that if we sing it, we won't forget it. Now this is important because we all face challenges to remembering what God's done. Our sermon series is called Let's Be Honest. So let's take a moment to be honest, and I invite you to be honest as well. How often and how easily do you forget about God's love and His saving grace that He's shown you? Now, for me, it happens all the time. I mean, I'm not just wildly missing it, I just, it's very subtle. In situations, they come up, and I just, I and I and I get stressed out, and I I get I'm full of anxiety, and I, I don't know what's going to happen, and the the momentary situation is un is uncertain, the future is unknown. But God, you see, God has shown me over and over again that He is uh, He's in charge. He He has uh, plans for me. He is going to help me through this situation. Yet it's so easily I'm like ah. You know, and I run around with my head chopped off. You know, one of those times in my life where God was uh, uh, deeply faithful was uh, 15 years ago. And some of you uh, know this, that my mom passed away after a long battle with cancer. And God had faithfully walked with my family, my sister, my mom, and me through it. 
I knew his faithfulness through the whole way. He had comforted us. He had guided us. And when we were in grief, he healed us. And I swore to myself, I'm never going to forget this situation. That God was so faithful and present. And I just want to tell you that there have been plenty of times in life in much less dire situations, much less difficult, where I go off on my own. I refuse to trust the Lord. I think, he's not going to help me in this. You see, we have this deep need to remember. The Jewish people sang these songs in good times and in bad I mean, just think about it for a minute. These were the hymn books of Israel, right? And so as such, when they were in the temple, when they were in the synagogues, they would sing these songs together in worship. When things were going great, when they were in Jerusalem, when the nation existed. That's great. Think about how important that is. Oh, we remember that God is blessing us. It gives us perspective. But just a few short hundred years later, after they've been unfaithful, after they've been disobedient, after they've gone after false idols, God gives them over, his people over, to exile. They are basically, the nation is sacked by the Assyrians and then the Babylonians, and they are taken off, and they are 1,500 miles away in exile. They don't have a hymn book in front of us. They don't have the synagogue. They don't have the temple. But because they've sung it time and time again, they know this song deep within them. So that in that moment, when things are not going well, they can remember what it is that God's done. They sung it so that they could remember it. And I want to ask, what about you? Where, what do you do when you face that difficult, uncertain future Where do you go when things are falling apart? Do you rest in God's steadfast love and mercy, or do you spin out of control? See, if we learn the songs of praise that come in the Psalms, if we remember what God has done, then in those difficult moments we will turn towards Him and not away from Him. We need to sing it so we don't forget it. And so... The psalm basically says three things that he's done. There are tons of, of, of things in this psalm, and I'm not going to be able to touch on all of them. Uh, there's a lot about God's nature, who he is, and what he does, and what he continues to do. But I want to take kind of three broad strokes this morning about the benefits that God has given us. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's not forget his benefits. The first one is this, is that he is completely aware of you. It's there in verse 14, and I'm kind of going to work backwards from the the end of the psalm back to the beginning. So in the last part of the psalm, beginning in Psalm 14, he says this, For God, for God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. See, He has known you since you were born. God is aware of you. If you flipped over in your Bible to Psalm 139, the psalmist says to you that God knit you together in your mother's womb. God was active in bringing your life to be in this world. 
He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows who you are. He knows what you're going through. God knows what you've done and he knows what you need. Jesus teaches us to pray uh, in the Lord's Prayer for daily provision. And because of that, we can trust that he will give us the very things that we need. But he also knows our frail nature. He says he knows our frame, but he remembers that we are dust. Not only does he know us individually, but he understands our human condition. The psalm says that we're like flowers. One moment we're in the field, the wind blows by, and we're gone. The ground doesn't even remember us. But God, he is aware of us, and he is aware of our condition. The second thing, God is active in the world. Not only is he aware of you, but he is active in the world on your behalf. And so a quick, a quick it would be really helpful if, if, if you could take her out, please. Thank you. I don't normally do that. <laughs> the second thing is this. God is active in the world. A quick look at verses 6 through 13 will reveal this. Verse 6, the Lord is working righteousness and justice for everyone who's oppressed. Verse 7, he's revealed himself and his ways to Moses, and he's shown Israel his saving acts. He's been at, the wor- he's been at work in the world, and his ways are knowable. Verse 8, he's merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger. Verse 9, when he does get angry, which is just, it, this is so encouraging. He won't always be angry. Verse 10, he doesn't deal with us the way that we deserve. He doesn't deal with us according to our sin. You see, the psalmist is giving us the nature of God and what he's done. So instead of dealing with us the way we deserve, instead, he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. You see this incredible imagery that the psalm gives us. So God is aware. God is active. And third, God, love is personally experienced. Not only is he aware of you, not only he is active on your behalf, but he is personally experienced by you. He can be. Back in verse 3, we are told, now this is the psalmist speaking to himself, you see. Bless the Lord, O my soul, right? He's told himself, don't forget what he's done. All that was within me should praise the Lord. And here's why. Verse 3, he forgives all my sin. He heals all my disease. He's rescued me from the pit. He crowns me with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies me with good. These are all the things that King David had experienced himself, right? He had his sins forgiven. When he sinned with Bathsheba and he had uh, Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed, the prophet Nathan came and led him to repentance. And when he repented, he received forgiveness and restoration. He was rescued from the pit when King Saul was trying to have him killed before Dave, while David was anointed king, but before he had become king. David is in a cave 
hiding away because Saul wanted to take his life. God kept him from the pit. God satisfied him with good. When he was a lowly, small runt of a farm boy out with the sheep, it was him that God made king. God satisfied him with good. But friends, isn't this what Jesus does for all of us? Martin Luther called the Psalms the Bible in miniature. And because of that, we should expect to be able to find Jesus in them. See, it's in sending his son Jesus to the world that God the Father shows that he is aware of us. He's aware of our condition and he's aware of our needs and that he is willing to do something. It is on the cross of Christ that God acted perfectly to, uh, to satisfy the, 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 the penalty of our sin, to die for us so that we might have our sins removed from as far as the east is from the west. And finally, it is through faith in Jesus that we experience his grace personally. In fact, I want you to notice in verse 5, it's the, there, the last verse on the screen. This is an, a really great image that carries throughout the Bible. He, he, God will satisfy you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. It's here in the middle of the Psalms, written hundreds of years earlier, that we encounter the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. That uh, it is the New Testament concept, the Christian understanding of being born again. We will have our youth renewed like the eagles. We will regain perfect health. It is the promise. Having your youth renewed like the eagle is the promise of the new, perfect, abundant, complete, full life that Jesus both promises and Jesus secures. See, if we sing it, we will remember it. Psalms of praise will help us remember what God's done. Help us remember that we can trust Him when our future seems uncertain. If you've experienced isolation or illness or brokenness, if you're, uh, if you're stuck in sin and you think He cannot love you anymore, if you think that God's forsaken you and far off, the psalm reminds you that this is not the case. The psalm of praise reminds our hearts that this is not the case. And it turns our eyes in prayer, it turns our mouth in prayer, it turns our heart in prayer to God and say, you are aware of me, you have acted in the past, and I am leaning on you to act today. In good times and bad, the songs of praise will lead us to remember the acts of God. If we sing it, we will remember it, and if we remember it, we can live by it. And I wonder this week, what song will you sing? Will it be the song of praise or the song of desperation? One of the ones that has come back to me, just like the Psalms, our songs also serve this way, is this one. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. 
I encourage you to make the song of praise the song of your life. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you are aware of us, that you have acted on our behalf, and that we can know you. And we pray that whatever the circumstances of life are, that your word would be so deeply planted in us, that the song of faith, the song of praise would be so deeply planted in us, that we would sing it regardless of our circumstances and trust you with our very lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.